0: Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Saturday, February 20th. And back by popular demand, we have a guest who early on understood what was going on in the digital asset arena. That's another way of saying Bitcoin. We are so happy because Dan Roberts, who is the Yahoo Finance editor at large, is back with us this weekend. Why? Because everyone's back on the whole hunt for a way to grab a piece of the action, a piece of the Bitcoin action. And if you have been a fan of this digital asset revolution over the last decade, okay, we get it. If you've just started to hear about it again, it's because the value of All of these digital currencies has skyrocketed. So to get to the bottom of really what's going on, we wanted to go back to an expert. So here is the first part of our interview with Dan Roberts. How did you get on this beat? Because I think, didn't you start in sports? So I I actually cover
1: sports business still, uh, but crypto, it comes in waves, right? The interest level. But I've been covering Bitcoin and blockchain in this space since 2012 when I was at Fortune. Of course, uh, that was very early days, but it's still arguably early days, even though it might not seem that way to people. People look at the price surge right now and they think, oh, I'm very late, but who knows where it could go? So it's still a very nascent new technology. Uh, It's only been around 11 years. So yeah, I've been covering it since 2012, and there have certainly been moments of great mainstream interest and then moments where it pulls back and you don't hear about it as much. But I think at this point, the consensus, regardless of what the price does, is kind of, this isn't going away. Bitcoin exists and it will continue to exist. And something you used to hear from skeptics is, well, what if it goes to zero? Don't listen to anyone who says they know exactly what the price will do next, but it is not likely to go to zero ever. It is sticking
0: around. So, all right. Let's go back in time. For people who are not familiar with cryptocurrency, this is a, just think of it as a digital currency that started after the financial crisis. So talk a little bit about the roots of cryptocurrencies and how they came to exist.
1: Absolutely. And by the way, I actually say, even though, you know, the term everyone uses is cryptocurrency, I actually say a more accurate term is just digital asset, especially because amid the conversation around Bitcoin, People say, well, it's really not a currency. You know, there aren't many places you can spend it and use it to pay with. And of course, as the price goes up, most people don't want to spend their Bitcoin anyway. They want to hold on to it as an investment. So I think of all of these as digital assets. Uh, But but you're right to ask about the roots. And it did come around after the crisis, although the original white paper was in 2008 before the financial crisis or Mm. amid the crisis, October 2008, by someone or someone's using the pseudonym of Satoshi. And they called it a peer-to-peer electronic cash system, which is another reason that it's interesting that all the Bitcoin obsessives and devotees now say, it's okay if you don't pay with it or use it as a real currency, it's an investment. Well, if you look at the original white paper, it was meant to be used as cash. So maybe we've gotten away from that. But uh, it is a a peer-to-peer currency and all of the transactions, you can view them uh, on a decentralized ledger uh, in the cloud and you can download that software. You can quite literally look at the Bitcoin blockchain live in real time. And it's, you know, ping, 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 and you see all the transactions. And quickly, uh, a way I like to explain the blockchain is sort of like a a library card and not the card you use that you hand over to check out the book, but the little insert in a library book that lists everyone who has taken out the book. Uh, The blockchain is quite literally a series of blocks, each block being a bundle of transactions and uh, expensive increasingly large computers and mining rigs get the privilege as they solve uh, complex computations to record and upload those bundles. So when a mining rig uh, wins the contract to upload a bundle of transactions, a block, it adds a block to the blockchain And the miner gets a small reward in bitcoins.
0: You know what I love about this? I'm sorry to interrupt you, is that the idea that you have a library card in the back of a book is very old school. And I feel like you're almost too young to remember that, but I so remember that. And it is like the best analogy that I have ever heard about digital stuff because it really, I mean, for old people like me, because now it's like, oh, yeah, right. I know everyone who took out this book before me. The person comes next will see that I had taken out this book. I mean, not you personally, but some series of numbers.
1: And in fact, Jill, what's very cool, the first time you, you know, use Bitcoin, even if you're a newbie, you don't think you understand it. If you buy or send someone a small amount of Bitcoin, you get a link, it spits out a link and you click it and it shows you there's your transaction on the blockchain. And you can look at it and see, you know, three mining rigs have confirmed this transaction. That's that's sort of a a cool little jolt you get when you see that recorded.
0: And I think that when a lot of people thought about Bitcoin or any digital asset way back when, there was a sense of we don't trust the banks. And 10 years or 12 years later, that's not the essential thesis anymore, is it?
1: Yeah, that's right. And to go back to you asking about the roots, I mean, a lot of these original Bitcoiners or, you know, crypto crazies, whatever kind of fun term you want to use for these people who've been, you know, in it since the beginning, they're huge flag wavers. This is their big passion is at the beginning, many were libertarians. And the whole appeal was it's unregulated. It's outside government control. There's no middleman. It's decentralized. And as a result, you know, in 2018, when I last joined you, There was a little phase, and I just recently wrote about this at Yahoo Finance. Your your listeners might want to check it out. I wrote about how uh, since the beginning of Bitcoin, there have been a number of different narratives, different phases. You know, there was this era, then there was this era. So one phase was banks and Wall Street institutions starting to to say, well, we're interested in blockchain. We're going to use blockchains and we're going to create our own blockchains. And side note, that's something people should understand. There's not one blockchain, there's the Bitcoin blockchain. But now there are a number of other forms of blockchains, that is decentralized ledgers on which digital tokens can run. And so banks would say, we're going to put it on the blockchain or we're going to make our own blockchain. And those libertarians who were in it because they loved that it wasn't government controlled, there was no middleman, they sort of said, well, you're defeating the whole purpose because a closed blockchain, or the term is permissioned, where, you know, JP Morgan said, we're creating our own JPM coin for our clients. Well, you can only access it if you have a password from J.P. Morgan and you're a J.P. Morgan client. That defeats the purpose. The whole idea of the Bitcoin blockchain was it's permissionless. Anyone can see it. Anyone can access it. There's no gatekeeper. So that was one narrative. Now, today, more than ever, you have Wall Street firms starting to say, actually, we're interested in Bitcoin, too. You know, in 2018, it was blockchain without Bitcoin. We don't like crypto, but we like blockchain. Now they're saying, actually, we're interested in Bitcoin as an investment for our
0: portfolio. Mm. And that's so fascinating because, of course, we remember, uh, at least I remember that, you know, Jamie Dimon dissed it and Warren Buffett dissed it. And you put this in your article and we'll link to um, Dan's great article. It gives you a really good background. There's been people who said, you know, it's a scam or it's a bubble. And now it does appear that there has been a real Capitulation. And now they're all in it again. And, and bought in pretty, I guess, you know, pretty wholeheartedly. Is that what allowed the price to surge? You know, I don't know, it was 40,000 last year. What was the high last year?
1: So last year it just barely got to 20,000. And then in the first five days of the year, it soared to 30, 35, 40. Now, a big caveat here, Jill, and this even makes it a little more complicated. Unlike stocks where, you know, Tesla is listed on the NASDAQ and that's it, and that's where you can trade Tesla, Bitcoin is traded on many, many dozens of different exchanges. There are multiple cryptocurrency exchanges where you can buy, sell, and trade Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. And as a result, there is never just one price. There are some exchanges that spit out an average where it's a blended average, but, you know, right now, uh, Coindesk's index, and that's just a news site, you don't actually buy Bitcoin through Coindesk, but they might say that the price right now is 34000 And then you look at Gemini, that's the exchange launched by the Winklevoss twins, who were made famous by Facebook. And on Gemini, it might say 34800 It never varies that much. But as a result, you have a few exchanges that will tell you that the high back in the 2017 peak was 20000 Most exchanges never had it hitting 20000 in 2017. They had it getting very, very close.
0: I just got a note that was sent to me pretty recently, I guess in the last couple of days as I'm talking to you, from the British regulator, the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority. That's like the SEC of Great Britain, okay? And it says here that with all high risk speculative investments, consumers should make sure they understand what they're investing in, the risks associated with investing in any regulatory protections that exist. And essentially the FCA says, this is pretty risky stuff and you better be very careful before you actually invest in a cryptocurrency or a digital asset. What is your reaction to that?
1: Well, you should. I mean, it's sort of self-evident. And as the price surges, you're going to see those warnings. Uh, you're going to see, uh, you know, the SEC, which also does a little bit of consumer protection as its as its job, issuing warnings about putting too much money in cryptocurrency. I mean, the, the sort of mantra is you should only put in what you'd be comfortable losing, right? And, and not freak out. And in 2017, there was a lot of people who lost their shirts. I mean, there were a lot of young people who bought in amid the hype, they bought high. And then in Feb 2018, Bitcoin lost 65 percent of its value and they freaked out and they sold at a loss. And you look back at that now and uh, if you had just held on, because anyone who bought Bitcoin, you know, even if you bought it as late, quote unquote, as, say, 2015, you're way up through the roof up if you've held on. Uh, now, this is also a good opportunity for me to answer. You, you asked about, you know, why the price surge now, and I didn't fully answer it. The difference now, we've talked about Wall Street. And we've talked about how a number of influential hedge fund investors have changed their tune and banks and and investment firms. They're starting to say, we think it's worthwhile to have maybe 2% of your portfolio in Bitcoin. You know, it's a small, modest allocation, but it's something. But in addition, there have been a number of other factors that all happened at once and really fueled this. Another big one was PayPal, which, you know, talk about a big, well-known consumer-facing payments name announcing in October When, by the way, the Bitcoin price was already on the rise, but not as dramatically as happened after this in November and December. PayPal announced in October 2020, uh, we are going to add Bitcoin and a couple other cryptocurrencies to our PayPal and Venmo, which PayPal owns, digital wallet. You will be able not only to buy Bitcoin inside PayPal, but if you want, spend it. You know, pay with Bitcoin at the point of sale at an online merchant. Now, again, I don't think people are going to want to do that because as the price surges, why would you spend it? You'd want to hold it. But PayPal buying in was seen as, here's a well-known mainstream company that is giving its imprimatur and at least showing, we believe this is a worthwhile asset and we're going to add support for it. And I think that really helped. So there was a convergence here of a number of things. And quietly, Visa is another name. Visa has allowed six or seven different Bitcoin startups to come out with Visa-branded Bitcoin rewards Credit or debit cards. So normal debit cards, spend your money, but instead of airline miles, you get a small fraction of Bitcoin.
0: Stay tuned because tomorrow we have the second part of our interview, and uh, I love this topic. You know why? I, I realized, Mark, it really is about that Bitcoin completely reminds me of my early days on Wall Street when I was a commodities trader. It really does feel like that kind of an asset, that it moves around a lot. Now, by the way, we're going to get some more regulation of these currencies with a new head of the SEC, so I'm sure we'll hear more about that. But uh, if you have Bitcoin or any other uh, digital currency, we'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in it, we'd love to hear from you. And if you have any other financial question, we are ready to field it. Just send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. It is the weekend. Some of you are with other people. Maybe you're taking walks. Maybe you got to start doubling up those masks. That's what I've been doing lately. As always, wash your hands, wear your masks, maybe two, maintain your physical distancing, and try to lift somebody up today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.